At lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional font. But now when I have downtime, I can do what I want. And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber. My name is Larry Wu. Oh, my name is Curtis Withers. Uh, Larry, tell me, when is the last time that you had Kentucky Fried Chicken? I'm, I'm, there's going to be an awkward pause as I try to go into recess my brain. It's probably measuring in decades now. Um, if if I were to go for quote unquote dirty bird, I'm I'm going to Popeyes. Popeye Popeyes is uh seems seems to be obviously not uh, worldwide, but I think like in in the in the GTA Popeyes seems to be the choice. Um, I can tell you that uh, my closest a fast food place by far is KFC. Like there's a KFC, a two minute walk from my, from my house. And I've lived here 13 years and I haven't been there once. But, but all your clothes smell like KFC, right? Yeah. And, and all your backyard furniture smells like KFC. Yep. 11 herbs and spices just from walking to the subway. Well, I know that for sure that one thing about not going to a KFC is I don't get a sense of disquietude. Disquietude. Any idea? Disquietude. Any, That's an interesting word. Any, any anything any, anything on your mind there, Curtis? On the, on... Um, disquietude. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's when you uh, disrespect uh, someone with uh, with a with a very very uh, cocky whisper disquietude you know what i i was on the same track as you I, w- I was thinking no yeah it's it's when you diss someone who is um who's actually like a, a, a quiet like introvert like that's that you're actually dissing that spe- it's a word no, specifically so, dissing someone who's like a quiet person right so the disse is the quiet one not the disser well it, it, i guess it could swing both ways i you know because it, it with the word tood it kind of lets me yeah. think that you know, it's 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 a it's a lifestyle, it's an attitude. It is but a no. lifestyle, yeah. <laughs> but no, disquietude, a state of uneasiness or anxiety, mm. which I instantly got when I saw the lineup at the Home Sense in Vaughan. So, up in York Region, up in Vaughan, just north of Toronto, the this area has now gotten themselves out of the lockdown zone and into I guess it's red. I, I don't know what yeah, colors the colors are anymore. Zone. The red zone. Which basically allows them for non-essential stores to allow opening. No more curbside pickup. And this is like, what, a Monday or a Tuesday? And there was like this massive lineup in this home sense. Uh, home sense selling. That's just that. Like home, uh, home furnishings and throw pillows and bedding and other kitchen knickknacks right i don't think i've ever actually been in one but that's the impression i get that they that they sell right yeah if you want to get a french press uh for your coffee you know home sense uh yoga mats a lot of a lot of sort of their home furnishings and a lot of assorted knickknacks but my question is why why home sense of, of all things like what are people buying that they could not get in curbside pickup previously that would warrant everyone to drop what they're doing like it it was a work day to drop everything they did and line up 
going in. Now, this was not lineup because, well, I guess it was lineup because there's a lot of people that are funding, funneling people in, but there was also a lot of people in the store. I think they were allowed 50% capacity. And that's from what I, I finally understand what that means is now it's, it's 50% of the fire code number. So a big department store like that, like the fire code would be huge, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And half of that? Are you kidding me? <laughs> so it's, it's just, to me, it just, it, it tells me that uh, people, what people have missed doing the most this pandemic is wasting their time. <laughs> and at the first opportunity to, to stand, to stand in a line, they're going to get that go throw pillow, it. get that yep. throw pillow and French press, as you said. Yep. Yeah, I, I, it, I, think, it, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, I to be honest, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I, I want to get out doing stuff. You want to get out doing stuff. We all, we all definitely want to get out of this, uh, this situation where we're stuck at home all the time. But just my first thing when I get at when I get out of here, when I get sprung free, is not going to be going to Home Sense. I don't get that at all. You're, 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 you're not going to. Home Depot or Canadian Tire? No, they could. It can wait. I don't have anything I desperately need from those places. Well, I, I could use stuff, but I. It wasn't like they were closed entirely. Mm, yeah. So, are, like so are said. these fo are these folks lining up because they weren't internet savvy enough? But uh, here's a question, Curtis. A little role playing. If you were one of those people mm -hmm. that were that was giving me quite the disquietude. Um, what would you be buying at the home sense? Uh, that you were that desperate. Like if well, you, again, I'm not, not as you, but if you were role-playing as someone who's just bored out of their skulls and needed to go, um, I guess I would be getting an air fryer because I'll be like, I've heard so much about these air fryers. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go get one and stand in line and then carry it home. You know, I got I I in real life I got an air fryer and I and I got it delivered to me in like two days, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, like but what if what you want saying, it it's now? What saying, it's what it's what you're saying. You don't. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess if you're like I got these sausages and my oven <laughs> broke and and I'm out of propane for my barbecue. What do I do? Oh, thank God we're in the red zone now and I can go to Home Sense and get an air fryer. We're saved. You know, like I don't know, but but but, but here's the here, here's the argument. Even if you fine, you can go. It's not like you can test them out. You can do all your research at home still and just buy it outright. Like it, it's it's not like you the store offers you additional value uh, because I think there's not even like as many salespeople walking around because they don't want to expose their staff. They they want to keep mm -hmm. them behind shield and everything. So mm -hmm. I just looked at the HomeSense website because I really don't know what they sell, and I was thinking. Okay, what would I buy? Um, and the first thing that comes up on their website are uh, wicker baskets. So I think I, 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 if I was one of these people, my wicker basket needs would probably, you know, outweigh all my sanity of staying safe. Like I need, I need a wicker basket to put all my toilet paper in. Maybe. Yeah, or maybe you're a snake charmer, or something, and you know, you need a, you need, you need a new wicker wicker container for your asp then you know and you can't wait on that kind of thing right like you don't want nope. asps just crawling around your house it's dangerous 
you don't yep. have time for Amazon to send you to send you a wicker basket. You got to go right. You got to go right to the home sense. Yeah. So, so you know what? Maybe maybe I think there's something to home sense. Um, browsing through their store, they don't have a e-commerce capability. Seems uh, it's odd it is for just such a it, big. It is just a catalog. Hmm. It, it, like it, 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 you can go and get inspired. That's one of the links on their website, which you know took me to more wicker baskets. But I can't actually. It doesn't look like I, I haven't found a spot where I can say buy this wicker basket. You know, for all your snake charming needs, and put it in a cart and get ready to go. Like it, it talks about some pricing for some things, and so there's lovely photos, but. Okay, so maybe that's why pe- people were like what, looking at this website, just mm-hmm. getting inspired, getting inspired, and just when they have the first chance they got, they needed to go and get this tripod coffee table starting at seventy nine ninety nine. But I, 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 as you were saying, like I challenge you to find something in that home sense that you cannot get a reasonable facsimile <laughs> of somewhere else. What, for curbside that? pickup or yeah. or whatever. What's what's that uh, what's that online store that gained a lot of popularity over the last uh, I guess five or ten years uh, for home uh, for home furnishings and stuff. Oh, uh, is that a Wayfair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like isn't that kind of the go to place when for your online wicker basket needs or tripod coffee tables, which sounds yeah. like a horrible idea. <laughs> a table with only three legs. Yeah. I don't care how you configure it. Like that just sounds like a horrible idea. I want I want four legs. For I don't, I don't want to be you know sp- any shaking with my coffee. I don't want to be any spillage. I need to, I need a four leg coffee table, tripod and, coffee table. And I think a coffee table, even though it's quite rude uh, to do, you still have to do the put up put your feet and your legs onto it as a test. Mm-hmm. On a tripod coffee table. Boom. There would just be coffee everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But luckily you got yourself that French press. I, I did. My French press is is from HomeSense. <laughs> <laughs> I got it in the pre-pandemic times and I didn't have to line up. <laughs> That's a damn good French press. The people at Vaughn and York Mill uh, in York region just... Leave your wicker baskets alone. We 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 need to all get out of this safely, and we don't need bad actors being put on film with your shopping carts of knickknacks. Yeah, and if you are going to do it for something way cooler than that, yeah, yeah, just like you said, wait up, wait for your favorite bar to open back <laughs> yeah. up and line up for that. <laughs> um. You were saying off the top about uh, KFC. This is an old story, uh, just jumping to our headlines, um, uh, where KFC actually had uh, suspended back in the summertime their finger-licking-good motto, which, for obvious reasons, every single health organization has told us, you know, wash your hands, and like putting your fingers in your mouth are probably the worst thing that you want to promote. So KFC decides not to think about a new motto. Maybe they maybe they thought it was cute to just kind of blank out the finger licking part, so it's just says it's good. Mm-hmm. 
it's good it's it's good not not great it's yeah. it's it's good that's it's... like that's like me marketing to nike saying hey nike i got a whole line actually you've just got made me really think that we should do this i have a whole line of t-shirt ideas from the existentialist cucumber that we want nike to to uh promote mediocrity and you know my first one would be a t-shirt that just says par on it with an exclamation mark like celebrating par yeah (laughs) that's the same thing as that's the same thing that kfc's done right like it's good oh okay yeah it's 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 good my idea par par i mean they're not even as good it's not even as good as frosted flakes now frosted flakes are great that's right so in the whole yeah in, in the whole spectrum of of food in the in the Maslow hierarchy of food, like Frosted Frakes above KFC, mystery chicken parts and popcorn chicken. I did see that KFC does have um, they. Like I said, I haven't been there in so long, but uh, I noticed that they still have a cheap, um, like like the like the cheap uh, original recipe uh, uh, meal. Like I think I think it's. Uh, like three ninety nine, four ninety nine, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. when I was when I was a, a younger man, it was Toonie Tuesday. Every uh, every Tuesday mm-hmm. for for a Toonie, you could get a two piece uh, two piece chicken and fries. Um, and you know, I was uh, you know I, I I was a student, and so I was you know taking them up on that. Um, but I mean, I do I do you know admire a good a good value meal. Wendy's always had a good value meal. Mm-hmm. KFC has a good value meal. You know, if you're going to go and, 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 you know, poison yourself with the cholesterol bombs, you know, you shouldn't have to break the bank to do it. No. Um, you, you're like myself, uh, expat of the city of Brampton. Did you ever go to, uh, Scott's Villa in Shoppers World? You better believe I did. That place was amazing. So <laughs> it was, they had an all-you-can-eat KFC buffet there. And I think it was, I'm trying to remember, I'm pretty sure it was like seven or eight bucks. At least for lunch it was. And then it was maybe $13 for dinner. Um, all-you-can-eat. And I, I, I do remember going there. I don't know how old I was. I Maybe grade six. I don't think I was grade seven. Must have been, I must have been younger. And going there with a friend of mine to try out just to test it was like oh we gotta test this all you can eat policy of theirs um and of course it was across from the arcade but yeah that, yeah. that, that brought back there's there's a value meal right there but uh, there's only so much deep fried skin you could possibly take in or that you know green coleslaw right that was that was a pretty crazy place because it was a kfc with table service that's right like, like that was it was so, so weird. It had the trappings of like a proper family restaurant, but then all the food was just KFC. <laughs> that's why it was fantastic. <laughs> that, that's like if you're, if I were to make a a, a story of my life, that's that, of my younger years. I would totally like, you know, start the first episode in a Scotts villa. Yeah. I, 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 we only went there a couple of times, but I remember being very impressed with the fact that I was getting served by KFC by, by staff after playing, after, 
after playing a few a few a few rounds of Donkey Kong at Future World. That's right, and of you know, and they also had uniforms as well. But I, but you're right. Just just the thought of you know someone take your order. <laughs> I, I have that I have that French waiter in mind in in my head um uh, from the Simpsons you know taking oh, yeah. taking your order Curtis yeah yeah maybe they maybe they would have it would be chicken chowder right <laughs> say it say it say it Reggie <laughs> um the next headline I want to kind of bring up um it's kind of a sad story but it's also oh guys this is what you get. <laughs> Um, headline is more than $17,000 U.S. for electricity in Texas. Some residents face massive spikes in bills following their storm. It's called lack of regulation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't realize this till now that Texas is on their completely own power grid. So they can't even share or buy electricity from any other state. So they were on their own. Um, but could you imagine getting a bill like that? Like, who can afford that? No, I know. And and uh, you see these guys who are quoted in the story and they're saying, like, you know, Texas is all about deregulate, deregulation. But now, you know, now we see why regulation is, uh, you know, is important. And, uh, you know, you, you don't you don't realize these kind of things until you get hit with something like this. I guess most people will go through their lives and not have that happen. But uh, if it does happen, then, 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 you know, this, this is, this is what you get when there's no, when there's no sort of government authority sort of, you know, leveling the playing field, you can, you can pay, you can pay, you know, you can, you can go to one of of the, one of the providers is called a gritty, which I laugh because it sounds so much like Gritty, the Philadelphia Flyers mascot. Gritty. Like, just like, would you buy your electricity from a place called Gritty? I guess a lot of people did because they had rock bottom rates. But then when this happened, all, all of a sudden you're getting you're you're getting these these massive bills. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and there there are still an oil rich state. So which you could have, which I'm sure they're they're not using, they're not getting their power from any other source, um, you know. And they, it just kind of boggles my mind that a um, a state that's that rich in in oil can, you know, hit their residents with such a, a huge bill, you know. Like going back to KFC, you know, if. If Texas, if I was Texas and I invaded the land of KFC, you know, fried chicken in Scottsville would make a huge return in value meals and it would be cheap in my state. But uh, yeah, it, so I just wanted, wanted to bring that up. That, 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 that headline just kind of shocked me at first because I also thought we have, you know, it's been cold. You and I also went to school in Ottawa. I've mm-hmm. never got a bill. and. There was no such thing as having a programmable thermostat, but we also didn't set our thermostats high enough to wear shorts all the time. It was always something reasonable. So part of me is thinking, were people just unreasonably jacking their heat up to match what they would feel on the outside normally? Or is it purely this because of this deregulation and basically they were allowed to charge whatever market rate 
demand rate that was uh, out there, and it was just like this yeah, inflated I, number. Yeah, I think it's the latter. That, yeah, you know, I remember one time, and this is not exactly related, other than 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 the amount of the bill. But when I was living in England, we had this little flat, and uh, we got we got a ten thousand pound electricity bill and uh obviously if we were like how can we were you were you were you we were not growing marijuana nothing like that you were you weren't powering a time machine or something we were not powering a time machine we weren't powering a doomsday clock and uh my one of the guys mark one of my my flatmates he's like please let me be the one to call them please let me be the one to call because he loved uh being an asshole to people. So he, so he called and, you know, obviously it was a clerical error, but he just went to town on these guys. I just did not want to be on the other end of that call. And uh, when we got our next bill, it was like a hundred pounds. <laughs> did did you learn just a few some extra zeros in there? Did you learn a few more new uh, swear words that day? <laughs> I think he stuck to the classics. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think he stuck to the, to the tried and true classics. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next headline is not really a classic, um, and nothing to do with KFC or extreme uh, utility bills. But Virginia man swims three point three five miles. So that's that's funny, right there. Like, why are mm-hmm. we measuring miles and using the decimal system? Five point three five miles wearing handcuffs for Guinness record. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, following our trend this episode of asking why, <laughs> why is this even a record? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> and and who's who's the chump that that swam say the five miles to get the original record? I think it's mentioned in the story. Oh, uh, the guy who oh, had... okay, okay. Oh, oh. So he 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 beat it by quite a bit because the last record was set in 2019. The guy swam 3.41 miles. Yeah, this guy wants to make sure that he's in the Guinness Book for for a while, like for he, he, a few, yeah, a few editions. We had like we used to get those Guinness books, like my brother and I, just for like the, you know, you know, they'd have they'd have all all the all the records, all the sort of standard records, like you know longest javelin throw or fastest 100 meters and all that kind of stuff but they had some weird ones they had a record for the guy who ate the most glass like the eating you have to get the guinness book of world records just to look at the eating records there was one guy and i think his name was like tony hollandsworth or something like that and he had about 30 to 40 percent of the entire eating records so so is the is the record about the eating glass surviving like is is that the thing like eat glass without hemorrhaging to death yeah i guess like you just maybe you grind it to a really fine powder or something but yeah there was a record for eating glass like that, I I don't know if it's in there anymore because like I I can't see why you would encourage somebody to try to beat that record. Well, like if that record's in there, some idiot is going to try to beat it, and then might carve up their insides eating glass. Uh, I I don't. Did, did you ever? You've been to Ireland, right? You know what? I haven't. Oh, okay. So I was just going to ask if you've been to the tour of uh, Saint James Gate, which is the home of Guinness. And 
Oh, that's in uh, that's in no, Ireland. No, sorry, I, sorry, no, that, you're right. That's in Dublin, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I've so, never been there. Um, so they they actually talk about the origins of the uh, Guinness World Records um, from St James Gate, and it, I guess it was like a. Uh, I'm trying to go by memory, um, but one of the managers or earlier owners was just really into these records and he would actually it would actually be like a thing that they talk about at work and then eventually decide to you know start accumulating all these weird facts that he's found but uh, yeah not too many people know that they're actually the same thing like the guinness beer beer and the world record had the origins from the brewery yeah i i i like i knew of the obviously i knew of the world records before the the beer because i was into those world records when i was a kid they used to publish in the in the toronto sun in the comics section mm. they had uh they had like an according to guinness caught like a it was a one panel comic and it would have some of these weird i think it might have that might have been where i first heard about the eating glass one like they had all these weird you know surreal records that they put <laughs> that they put in there but 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 still let's let's get back to the handcuff thing is it supposed to like was it the first guy who ever did it was a like a prison escape yeah, swimming from Alcatraz and then and he the made guy it, said he made it like two miles and drowned and then they were like well <laughs> it's a record oh <laughs> uh, like this is coming from someone who just swims to survive like I I'm I by no means uh, a very proficient swimmer in any means I I couldn't even think like I I'm I'm trying to figure out the stroke I guess. I guess it's doable and yeah. Now, yeah, like it, now this guy did like not do it in stroke o- sort of thing. Yeah. Now this guy did not do it in open water. He was in a, a YMCA pool mm-hmm. and he did 344 lengths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty Damn. crazy. Damn. Crazy. But it's people. good. I mean, it's good that he did it in a pool because you know, somebody could fish him out if he started <laughs> drowning. But uh, yeah, I just don't, I just, I just don't know what 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 compels people to do these things sometimes. Mm. But you know, he made it into the news. Sometimes that's all people want. Um, and someone else who made the news this week or last couple of days, um, uh, but unfortunately, uh, is Tiger Woods with his car accident. Um, no particular headline here, but uh, I also put it on the list for a few other things because you know there's car accidents happening every day and i guess this is just an example of how celebrity kind of trumps all i guess because he's fine um but it's it's been like an outpour of stuff and there wasn't any other car and there they ruled out any um dui so it looks like it was just a maybe a speeding accident or who knows lost control and the the car went over yeah, I mean, he's the the injuries aren't life threatening, but I mean, this could very well be the end of his career, um, you know, because uh, you know he already he's already lost so much time with his with his back that's required surgery. Yeah. Now he's got a leg that's broken in, in like three or four places. You know, I just uh, it will be very d- difficult at his age to come back uh, for any sort of you know. One definitely definitely for the PGA tour and I mean maybe he comes back at some point on the senior tour like it'd be physios for the next 5 years or whatever but like I think that's the that's that's what I think is kind of 
first it was like, you know, there's this terrible car accident. They need the jaws of life to get him out of the vehicle. Mm -hmm. And it's like, is he going to be okay? You know, and you're just hoping that he's going to be okay. And then when you find out he's okay, but the extent of his, you know, non-life-threatening, but the extent of the injuries, I think that's what people are kind of coming to terms with was that like, it's the end of an era probably in, in golf, like, you know, the most, the most popular golfer of all time. This is probably it for him. Now I, I'm not, I'm not a big golf fan. I know and have seen Tiger's career. Like, would you say he's like a Michael Jordan where he changed the the game in, in a, in a fundamental way when, oh, when he yeah. came along? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think that he, well, for one thing, I think he opened it up. He, he opened it up to a whole new audience, you know, Uh, you know, here's a, here's a person of color, young, you know, cool, all the things that golf isn't right. And he, Mm -hmm. and he, and he was, and he was, nobody could touch him. You know, he was, he was the best and it just made it, you know, that that's how, uh, you know, golf rode on that for a long time. And, you know, he, 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 they launched the, the famous Tiger Woods, you know, uh, video game series, that whole thing. Like, um, yeah, I just, I just think that he made, he made golf cool um, in a, in a time when, and, you know, I'd say golf still is very much a country club, old boys type of thing. But he he kind of knocked it on its ass a little bit, and it was good to see. I think a lot of people, uh, you know, and and he he made he he would make just these incredible shots. Um, he made one at uh, the Canadian Open. I want to say it's two thousand. He 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 came. He he didn't play much in Canada, but he played a few times. And he played at the two thousand Canadian Open when he was a big star like you know he played a couple of times when he was first coming on the scene and then this was the first time he played in canada when he was a big star hmm. and he like made this late one... 90s type of thing yeah or it was two this... i think it was 2000 okay. yeah but yeah that, that era and he made some shot uh that I, I i'm not as a big golf guy so i don't know too much about it but it's still talked about today as one of his best shots and it came at the 2000 canadian open and the guy that he, that he was sort of like competing for the lead with was just like, you know what? I lost, but I had a front row seat to that shot. And that's, that's good enough for me. Yeah. At least from an observer's standpoint um, back then, I also got the sense that Tiger also changed the sport in the way that he actually like did additional training for it and not just, well, I'll get better by just keep playing more and more golf, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think, you know, there was talk of, wow, God, he's actually going to the gym and doing other sports to strengthen his golf game. And I, I don't know if at that time it was almost unheard of for golfers to do just that. And you had guys like John Daly out there. He's <laughs> sort of like the the living embodiment of Fred Flintstone out there <laughs> golfing, you know. And then Tiger comes along and he's cut and he's like, you know, yeah, he's cross trains and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. No one had ever seen anything like it. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was something else. Yabba dabba do. <laughs> all right. Uh, 
why don't we go into our weekly segment, our WandaVision recap or Wanda recap. Uh, another awkward pause because, man, Curtis, this show is really, really picking up. Uh, th- this episode was an interesting one. So this is like, I guess, the 2010 TV era. Um, not that all the episodes are not heavy Wanda oriented, but this was a... Uh, um, she was like the big, big focal point, but I think it's also like a transformational point for Wanda, I guess, uh, because we see Wanda hit rock bottom, right? Mm-hmm. Fair yeah. enough to say. The episode, I think it's called Breaking the Fourth Wall, which right. she does like quite a few times in a, I think you said in a, uh, in, in, a, in a sort of uh, Julie Dumphy Julie Julie Bowen, right? Julie, Julie Bowen. Bowen channeling her Julie Bowen in in in, in her role. But, but that's but that was a lot of TV shows, right? So uh, why don't we just say spoilers from here? So let's talk about that intro. Um, so the intro, like another mashup, right? So this one was the happy endings uh, meets the office. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was telling you at the top that the Russo brothers who uh, did they write and direct uh, Infinity War Endgame? Uh, or did they just direct it? Um, uh, I'm not sure. Because they, they had been involved since... I think they did The Winter Soldier, those guys. And I think okay. they had been involved since then. Yeah. So they were they were either the exec producers or producers of the, of the like, I guess, sitcom Happy Endings. Which I haven't seen. And you and I... Actually, you, you said you didn't see it either, right? No. So now I'm interested. Yeah. Um. So kind of, you know, kind of giving a nod to, you know, like you said, old boys club, the old Disney MCU club. Um, but uh, but yeah, when the music hit, I was like, oh, man, nailed it. But it was very much uh, modern family esque when it was shot the way it was shot. Right. So you mm-hmm. get these you get these testimonial um, scenes weaved into um, the episode itself. Um yeah, and I thought it was a really uh, strong episode for uh, Elizabeth Olsen, who just kind of nailed that whole vibe. Like she's been great the whole series, but this one again was she just really, really got. She really, she really sort of got the feel of those uh, types of shows. No, totally. I, I, as a side thing, I think after this is all said and done, I think this i would not be surprised if this opens a whole bunch of doors for her you know i mean as as an actress doing other stuff Mm -hmm. um but you know spending your whole career doing marvel movies and getting that marvel disney paycheck that's that's okay uh thing to to hang your hat on too it's pretty sweet if you can get in because you can get into the marvel if you get into the marvel machine at any point it could be it could be a decade later and then you could find yourself back into it because i i've i've found out that uh tim roth's abomination will will be in the upcoming uh she-hulk show <laughs> from from the incre- from from the incredible hulk the edward norton hulk mm-hmm. where 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 they fight in front of the zanzibar <laughs> he's going to be yeah. back so once you're in Unless you're Edward Norton, once you're yeah. in, you're in. <laughs> that's 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 right. You know, cash 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 it in. Yeah. Um, yeah. The 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 
Wanda channeling her Julie Bowen. and I, I, I thought all of that was great. Um, but of course, just like the show is, they start injecting, they, they take you out of it ever so slightly, right? Because um, doesn't the, someone talks back at her at one point, right? Like when she really has her at her wits end, mm-hmm. um, the quote unquote director or whoever is supposed to be filming talks back at her and says uh, something to the effect of, um, do you think it's your fault or something like that? Yeah. So playing just like what Pietro played in the last episode, like kind of being her conscious and just kind of questioning her. And then it, it, it cuts to the commercial, which is like Nexus antidepressant <laughs> of some kind. <laughs> um, it, it was probably one of the funnier commercials. And it was, it, it, I don't think there was much to get there because we will talk about maybe the source of the commercials, but it, it kind of made sense for the episode mm-hmm. based on Wanda's current mood. Yeah. And I think the Nexus is sort of like the, the focal point of the multiverse in Marvel comics. So I mm-hmm. think they're also teasing because we know, I mean, if you follow uh, the trades or whatever, like, you know, you know that the Dr. Strange, the multiverse of madness is coming out and yep. it's, and 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 Wanda Maximoff is going to be a major character in it. So, you know, you know that this is eventually going to lead to something to do with alternate dimensions and stuff. So they 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 snuck that in there in this commercial. With the, That's the right. Nexus. Um. So outside of uh of the hex, um, we have uh Monica Rambo and Jimmy Woo trying to infiltrate their way back in. And uh, this episode is, is definitely one of those ones where Curtis, well, where you and I said at the beginning of the, the um, series of the show, where it's going to reach a point where things on the inside are way more interesting than things on the outside. And this was one of those episodes. I found myself not caring about at all what was happening on the outside. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, we didn't have to put up with too much of it. But. No, 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 not 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 too much. There was, yeah, there was this, this small scene, and uh, Monica goes back into the hex and she changes. Uh, we still don't know what, but she mm-hmm. assumedly she has her powers, so she was able to defend herself in some way. But she obviously doesn't know what she can do or can't do. So, yeah, she was able to defend herself against uh, Wanda's powers a little bit. Um, yeah, um, that was pretty good. The other thing that I, uh, that, 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 uh, I quite enjoyed, um, was the, uh, the, the comedic stylings of, uh, Darcy Lewis and Vision with Vision as sort of like the, uh, the straight man. Yep. Um, loved it. Yeah. (laughs) Like Vision is such a great character in this series as well. And, in the comics, like he was always, uh, you know, he was never one of my favorites. He was okay. Like I, I didn't dislike him or anything, but I was like, oh, he's an Android big, big whoop, you know? Um, but he have given him so much awesome personality in this show that, that I, I hope, I hope he doesn't, I hope he doesn't go back to being dead. Yeah. They, uh, even in the comic books, remember how they used to do visions, voice bubbles. Like they were very, I guess it was to make it, as a kid reading it, I guess it was at the point to make it his voice sound very robotic. Yeah. Like his voice bubble wasn't white; it was like this what yellow outline with That's red. That's right. And, yeah, yeah. And 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 
the lettering was also the font was also different. Yeah. Um, but it, he wasn't he wasn't like speaking robot talk like it was just normal dialogue. But it, he just had his you knew or the the or Stanley and, and the group Kirby, whoever created the vision, wanted you to the reader to say, yeah, he's speaking differently or. Yeah. So I thought that. Was, yeah, um, I, I loved uh, I loved the two at the beginning um, and then vision snaps her out of it. So she fills vision in on everything up to this point mm-hmm. um, from his death to his unknown resurrection. So lots to but take the funny, in. Yeah. Lots to take in. <laughs> and I, I love the fact that he also does his te- uh, uh, modern family testimonials. <laughs> like they give him this, like this little director's chair and he's yeah. like just sitting there <laughs> legs crossed and he's got a mic. Attached yeah, to his la- that's, uh, robotic that's lapel. Yeah. <laughs> and then at some point he realizes that he's got to get, you know, like, get back to What am I doing Wanda. here? Yeah. This is ridiculous. He takes off the lapel, the lapel mic. And I didn't notice it until he got batted and took it off. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, this is the, uh, I guess the second episode that we don't really see Wanda and Vision together. So maybe, maybe that's a good thing, right? Um, and then there's obviously there's some kind of reunion. Well, there was all the, the whole episode remaining episode is got to get back into town, which mm-hmm. um, vision is just left seen flying. You don't see him after that. Darcy's in the funnel cake truck, the funnel cake truck. They steal and... a funnel cake truck from the circus that used to be the sword in encampment <laughs> before the hex took it over in the last episode. That's right. That's right. And that there's that strong man that, that said that thought they were auditioning because she was supposed to be like the um, the escape artist, right? Like, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but wait, wasn't there something else that there was something else that was funny about that scene? Oh, when Darcy snaps out of it and says, you know, I, I wanted a guest. I always wanted a guest role on the show. Yeah, I really suck. Yeah, yeah. I thought that, that was pretty good. So um, there's a confrontation with Monica and Wanda um, where Wanda, I guess, I don't know, attempts to not throw her, but like drop her. And mm-hmm. I think that's when you kind of see Monica defend herself. Quote yeah. Unquote. She does the superhero land, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, she does. And uh, Agnes comes and takes Wanda away before the, um, the confrontation escalates, which then leads us to the, uh, uh, let's say, shocking ending. That was the big twist of the ending, right? Where uh, she was, Agnes was watching the kids. Wanda goes in, oh, where are the kids? And Agnes is in the kitchen doing something, getting her tea or whatever. And then um, she's basically told to go down the rabbit hole, mm-hmm. right? And the rabbit hole is starts changing. The world starts changing. It looks more ancient. Yes. Um, there's like some artifacts on the wall that you can see. I'm sure every fanboy has analyzed everything on there. And obviously there's a focal point of some kind of book. I think mm-hmm. it looks like a book. Mm-hmm. And then it's revealed that uh, Agatha, I mean, sorry, Agnes is actually Agatha uh, Harkness. 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 That's right. Oh, sorry. Got my tongue tied. (laughs) And then the episode ends. But it doesn't end just there because Agatha gets her own theme song, which sums up 
her role in all of this, which I thought was just genius. A, the song is incredibly catchy. Mm -hmm. And I was going to, I asked you at the beginning of uh, when we were off the air, I said, think about the song again and what show does it remind you of? Did you think of a show that the theme reminded you? The only thing that I could think of, and this has been happening um, all, all, all week actually, is I, I can't stop mashing it up with the Stonecutters song. So it's like, oh, okay. who controls yeah. the British crown? It was Agatha all along. No, that's good. That's good. <laughs> when when the song hit at the end of the episode, I just thought of the Munsters. Yeah, yeah. The Munsters theme, which yeah. is just, um, it's just, it, it, it's mostly instrument. It's all instrumental. Sorry, the Munsters theme. But then, yeah, that yeah, Agatha all along show, I guess. <laughs> it's yeah. just but I, I thought it was a great way instead of ending it and wasting time with further explanation in this week's episode or this coming episode, let's put out something fun. That's within the parameters of what we've been seeing so far. Yeah, very much so. And, and, and sum it up that she has been there all along. We know that she's been influencing things, whether or not she has created the hex or she has part of creating the hex. We don't know. We just know that she's the one that recasted Pietro. Uh, we know she's the one that's just been kind of in everything because she's been in, in every episode, anyways. She's the and you know she jokingly says she kills the dog at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, she also has a fan all the greatest one-liners in this episode. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's a strong episode for her. Oh yeah, yeah. But so, um, so the yeah the interesting thing is like because we were talking before the show that in the co- in the comics I'm not super familiar with her in the comics but in the comics she's not they 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 the song makes her to be evil right the Agatha all along song mm-hmm. uh, in the comics I think you said it best that she's more sort of chaotic neutral like she's not she she's and she's mostly works in in concert with sort of like the heroes, right? Like she's worked Mm -hmm. with the fantastic four was a governess for Reed and Sue's kids. You know, she, she trained uh, Wanda in the mystic arts and stuff like this. So, you know, this, this version, uh, the motivation would, we don't really know what it is, but it would seem from that song to be sort of incongruous with how she is in the comics. But, there's that's not to say that uh a like they might just do their own thing with that character because they don't have to be beholden to the comics and or hmm. you know we don't know enough about her yet that that that's right so just it, it's just like the other episode previous episodes we've seen so far of this uh series it, it's just getting little drops right mm-hmm. yeah but but like i said i i, I love the fact that just do it in this theme song and now we know the full story yeah and and it was so you're right like it was just uh so um consistent with what the show's given us so far that it just worked perfectly and after the episode aired um not too long i think it was probably earlier this week and i didn't realize until I, i i read about it as well um that Marvel has been has a uh, Spotify playlist uh, for WandaVision. So all their music, including the scores and and kind of the, the licensed music that they've been 
using in the episodes uh, are put onto this playlist. And the Agatha All Along song hit uh, earlier this week, and people went bananas for it. Um, it is catchy as heck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like I said, I went back and looked for the Munsters uh, theme, and I went, okay, I can I can see why I, I got it. It's not exactly, but it, it has that monster TV show feel to it. Yeah. Like, it's mischievous, and it's fun, but you're right. Um, Agatha, the ultimate baddie in this? I don't know. Um, she doesn't really do anything evil other than killing the dog really yeah like in a way she's been guiding maybe help maybe just like the comic books where she's been guiding wanda in a way mm-hmm. maybe in her way so we'll have to see yeah yeah and she's the one in and there's still a, you know a fair amount of speculation that we're gonna see uh mephisto revealed in this uh, series which is basically like marvel comics version of the devil and uh agatha harkness is the one who reveals to wanda in the comics that her kids are basically shards of mephisto hmm. um because i guess like scarlet would like wanda made that deal with mephisto because you know obviously she she could she couldn't have kids with vision in the in the sort of like traditional sense with him being an android and all. Yeah. So, uh, so I don't know if she if she if if uh, during one of the many retcons or whatever she forgot or something. But I think she's the one. Agatha Harkness is the one who reveals that truth uh, to her in the comics. So that may I don't know end up happening in the show as well. Yeah, or some kind of variant of it. Now, mm-hmm. Agatha's character is, I don't want to say old, but more ancient, right? Because I think she's one of the original Salem witches in That's the right. Marvel yeah. Universe. Yeah. Um, of the seven. So I think you actually see like seven emblems in that room that she's in. So I think there's a kind of a nod to that. Um, you in the end just before the theme hits or at the beginning of the theme you kind of see her levitate and land but you don't see her full uh body you kind of see her boots and her and her uh, um costume if you will uh which is kind of a a bit of an homage to the comic book agatha because it was like purple um I, i don't think uh edwardian or victorian is the right term for her uh, clothing that she wears in um, in the comic books um, in terms of stylings. It just reminds me of like something that a Jane Austen character would wear. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's like some sort of shawl is involved or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, she does, Agatha has a pet. Agnes has the bunny, which I guess is the equivalent of like, is, does she have a, is it a cat that she has in the comic books? I think it is. And she uses it. I think she uses that as some kind of a, it's like her familiar, right? Yeah, like yeah. It, it can, uh, it can detect other magical beings, I think, or something like that. I, I, again, I'm just going by raw memory because I trying to avoid doing any research about anything about the show and anything leading to those characters. So I just kind of went by, Oh, isn't that this character? So, but we'll, we'll, um, we'll, we, we said, we'll, we'll kind of, after the show's over, we'll, we'll kind of do a little deeper dive. Um, 
But I think it's clear to me that the commercials are also um, Agatha's doing, right? Do you get that sense now? I can see it. Yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't, it did make sense to me that Wanda would be injecting commercials into this. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe they're commercials that are meant for Wanda to watch and come to grips with some truth, ultimate truth. And maybe that's, maybe that's what's been the whole um, uh, thing that Agatha has been doing with her, right? Just trying to get uh, Wanda to see. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That could be, that could be, I mean, it's uh the show's done a, a very good job of keeping me sort of, um, you know, keeping me guessing. So, uh, yeah. so yeah. What is it? Two episodes left? Two episodes yeah. left. And then uh, we get uh, a small break and then we go right into uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon. Mm-hmm. So we have, we have more shows to talk about. Yeah. Should probably uh, be a bit more straightforward, but, uh, but, but, but I'm looking smash forward to it. Smash and grab them. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward well, to some quips, to some buddy comedy t- style quippage, maybe. Yep, yep, for sure. Um, actually, one thing we did, we we want, I want to talk about Wanda is the the varying uh, reviews that it gets. Like, it seems to be running really hot and cold in some circles. Like, if you look at the reviews on IMDb, people like a good percentages that's why the percentage is so low on imdb like just hated that first episode thought it was slow and didn't really get it but if, if you kind of obviously go back and watch it now it, it'll obviously have more context but mm-hmm. I, I i think people uh, i don't know people like to dump on things but it's hard to kind of do it on a single episode when really you should be watching this as one I don't know. We're at nine episodes. I guess it's going to be a six hour. It's a six hour ordeal in the end. Mm, yeah. 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 I agree. I mean, it was the same with, it's been the same with a lot of, uh, you know, there was, a the, uh, the Netflix show Bojack Horseman, which became a, yep. a, a critical darling. Um, you know, you, you would read reviews on, you know, like, like an AV club or, or, or one of those kind of sites and they they got like maybe the first three or four episodes and they're like this is just kind of like you know it's not that that it's not that clever you've seen this kind of thing before it's you know but it took you know it took a while uh for that show to you know it was maybe halfway through the first season and it just started slowly slowly getting darker and having a bit more gravitas and by the end of the season you're like holy crap that was really good so yeah, you do have to you you do have to let things like burn slowly and and uh, and 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 sort of come into their own. And I thought like with WandaVision, it happened relatively quick. I think I think so. You you thought uh, they wouldn't do any outside reveal for the longest time, and then they mm. pulled back that curtain. But again, I think looking at it now, it, it was done at the right time. Like mm-hmm. uh, it. Uh, I think this show will go down as one of those huge landmark pieces that Marvel's done. Took a huge chance. Like, could you would would you love to have been in that boardroom when someone pitched this idea? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I <laughs> there must have been like blank stares, and you you want to do what? <laughs> and how? And you know, 
there hasn't been a quote-unquote classic marvel fight scene in this yet so that that's mm-hmm. kind of a it proves that they can do it without getting too fighty right mm-hmm. yeah i think i think marvel is at the point now where they're just like let's just prove we can do anything like 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 <laughs> like the next one i wouldn't be surprised if it was like like a cop rock style show with, or or with with yeah or 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 like some kind of uh hybrid reality show you know may, maybe uh uh let me what's what's another good marvel duo uh maybe maybe they bring back uh iron fist and power man and they run like a uh, uh a pawn shop yeah that would be before great. they go into yeah. a mission <laughs> yeah they could do it uh so yeah uh two more episodes left looking forward to it this this uh it, when when it ends, we'll have to kind of look at it at it in its totality, and, and what does it mean? Uh, but I, I think it's going to mean big things because they took a huge chance on it. It's it's executing really well. Um, I wouldn't want to be in that larger Disney boardroom when, you know, I'm Kathleen Kennedy sitting across from Kevin Fenge, and then he just looks across to her and goes, so what are you doing these days? <laughs> oh, that Mandalorian show. Yeah, that's kind of cute. <laughs> well, right. bo- I mean, both, both, the, both those franchises are going to have just like so much content uh, mm-hmm. coming up. So, you know, the, the Mandal, yeah. The, and the Mandalorian really did so much for sort of the rehabilitation of star Wars for those who felt it needed rehabilitating. I'm not one of them, but uh, you know, so uh, and, 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 uh, and then Marvel has proven that it can, you know, do, do, do the small screen just as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to both, both those franchises just keep, keep, just hook it to my veins. (laughs) That's right. All right, let's uh let's let's close off the show by looking at our gaming news. Uh BlizzCon happened last weekend. You and I didn't really predict it. We saw heard the rumors, but the rumors were true. They are reissuing or remastering or redoing. I I, I don't know really what to call it. Uh Diablo 2. Mm-hmm. Um it's going 3D. The cinematics have all been redone. Um, but they want to still retain the original feel of the game, right? Yeah. So from what I understand, like, like sort of quality of life, sort of improvements that are more common in, in sort of more current games are not going to be part of the package. Like it's going to feel like Diablo two, which could be a, uh, a brutal game sometimes you know like it was pretty unforgiving if you weren't like <laughs> prepared particularly when you get to like the nightmare levels yep um but i mean you and i as i think we said this pardon me i think we said this last week you and i you know played this game a lot like together even we played this game a lot and uh that sort of um I wouldn't necessarily say difficulty, but 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 it's it's sort of the na- the nature of Diablo two was was uh, one of the big draws for me. I think it's one of the things we really liked about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm glad that it's not going to have 
one of the things that we were talking about before is like the vacuum loot. You got to click on all your loot. You know, you got to yep. you got to bash all your chests. You might get some cracked boots. You know, it'll take a while before you get something worthwhile. But um, but it was just so, so much fun and so polished, like in its original form that mm-hmm. I, I don't think it needs like, yeah, a graphical upgrade. Sure. You know, cinematics, redone cinematics. The cinematics in that game for its time, by the way, were excellent. Um, you know, I, I remember like being blown away by, uh, you know, the uh, the one where like, uh, like, like uh, they they had, they end up having to re- remake the world in the wake of I think it's in in the wake of uh, of the Bale expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of that stuff, all that cosmetic stuff, great. But like the core of the gameplay, don't touch it. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So that was probably the biggest news. There wasn't really much uh, progress that they've really made with Diablo 4, except for the uh, new character reveal. So the Rogue is making a comeback. I don't think the Rogue has actually been in the game since number one. No, I don't think so. Uh, So that's all they kind of revealed. Overwatch, same thing. It's, you know, both games are when it's done mm-hmm. and when we're ready uh, status, which unlike another game that you and I started playing back in November <laughs> is still being haunted by, uh, by, by more and more bad news. So I want to read a quote from uh, PlayStation's uh, CEO, Jim Ryan, who put out this quote in GQ magazine, um, starting off by saying, Oh, you know, we're, you know, PlayStation, in terms of as a publishing, we're doing well. We're coming out with new Ratchet and Clank, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Um, And you know, there are two approaches to this. You can either hold the date and put out a game irrespective of quality, or you can ship it when it's right. We have always taken the latter approach. There had been some high-profile instances of publishers trying to the former approach. So you know what game could he a, be talking about? What game could he be talking about? Um, there's also a great quote, and this is by uh, uh, Miyamoto, right of of Mario Creation, and he said, "A delayed game is eventually good, but a rush game is forever bad." Mm, yeah. How how's how's that? It's very succinctly put. And. Poor Cyberpunk, just besides that, still can't get a break because, yes, they did get hacked, right? Was it source code from Cyberpunk and Witcher? Yeah. Um, have apparently been stolen and taken hostage, right? Or asked for ransom. That's right. That's right. Uh, and it's delayed the uh, an upcoming big patch uh, until uh, late March. Um, so I haven't been playing for a while because I've been waiting for these series of big patches to be done before I, I go back in there. I think after this one, I'm going to try it again, but it's just, it's just one thing after another with this game. I mean, this is, I, again, this is, this is, this is their own fault though, right? Like they, they, they released a game very ambitious. A lot of things I liked about it, but in the state that it was released in, not what, not what people paid for, not what they were expecting. And then thinking that, well, we'll just we'll release it, you know, on this set date and then we'll just fix it with patch with with post launch patches. And that strategy has not been working out for them. 
I, I know it would break the continuity of the game and I'm not a game designer, you know, I, I was wondering because you know how at the beginning of the game, uh, one whole section of the map is not available to you because of a lockdown, right? There's like, mm-hmm, that's uh, right. Civil unrest. And I'm kind of wondering if they could have just done that where parts of the city were just locked down until they could get the code right and just let us play in, you know, maybe the four prefix that were um, prefixtures that were there. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's the, well, that's the ambitious, ambitious part. The city is not small. The yeah. city also includes outskirts. There's no load time <laughs> between moving from you know one spot to another like that that that's that that blows my mind still that the entire city is loaded mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um which you know but i don't know. i i i kind of miss it i I'd, I'd like to get back to it but i i don't want to play or support a game and support that type of behavior where you know yeah these guys kind of went from like you know polish industry darlings with the witcher series to sort of like what not to do when you're a video game, when you're a AAA video game developer with the Cyberpunk. Oh, this, this is going to be in programming textbooks for the next generation. For like, uh, for like when my son goes to to you know university or or college or wherever he goes after, and he, if he wants to pursue anything in this industry or the code, you know this is going to be like a a, a business case, right? Something that you read in, in the side of the textbook in bright yellow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About the cyberpunk, the, cy- the cyber, the cyberpunk, uh, cyberpunk rule or the cyberpunk, uh, the cyberpunk lesson. Exactly. Uh, you know, cautionary tale, but, but you and I were also saying, I think we, we both have quite a bit on the go that if I had this game in addition to, it probably wouldn't get that much attention or I drop everything else or, or whatever, because it does, does require a bit. Yeah. I'm playing two of... games on the PS five, a couple of games on switch and still playing final fantasy 14. So once I finish, once I finish a couple of those, it will probably be uh, after March and then maybe I'll dive back into cyberpunk at that time to be continued. But uh, we've run out of time, so thanks, Curtis. And thank you for everyone that's listening to the Existentialist Cucumber. You can catch Curtis and I weekly on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. While you're there, hit the subscribe button and catch us uh, next week. So for Curtis and I, thank you so much. And just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. Home.